0: Welcome to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast, where we are advancing God's kingdom one life at a time. We pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will encourage, equip, and empower you to also advance the kingdom of God. Here's this week's message.
1: It, it's settled. Amen. It's settled. Glory to God. We have concretized some things in our life, and so we're starting uh, part six of Take Dominion. Amen. Glory to God. Come on, say this with me. Say, I will take dominion, so I will take dominion, glory to God, yeah, we're not asking for it, amen, we're not, we're not trying to get any type of permission, amen, but we are taking, taking dominion because the Lord said we can have it, glory to God, and whatever God says we can have, we're going to take it, amen, only time we can be as disrespectful if we want to, I'm talking about to the devil, not to each other, <laughs> We don't have to act, be have, use permission words when we're dealing with this unseen, unclean enemy. Glory to God. Yeah, we can just do what we want. To. I ain't saying cuss at him, man. Don't get out of character. Amen. I mean, it won't hurt him anyway, but <laughs> just saying. It won't help you either, so don't, so don't do that either. Praise God. But I'm excited to be in the house of God on today. My objective in this series, again, is to show you spiritual truths that will impact your life and your family. Not just your life, but your family's life praise God. Nobody can keep you from receiving from God. Nobody can keep you from receiving from God. Whatever God has for you, you heard it before, it's for you. And nobody can stop what God has for you. Nobody outside of you can stop what God has for you. But what we have to do, amen, is extract God's promises out of the word of God, these truths, And then we can apply them to our life so that we can begin to walk in what God has already commissioned or ordained for each of us to walk in. Amen. So it's up to you to receive what God has for you. God's ability is at your disposal. You remember that from last week? God's ability. Some of y'all, two of y'all. Amen. Where the rest of y'all? Amen. Amen. God's ability is, yeah, it's very interactive here, hey amen. I don't need you to say something, but I want you to say something so I can know what's in you. God's ability is at your disposal. God's ability is at your disposal. The Lord is shifting us and shifting our thinking from a mentality of barely getting by, hallelujah, or, or limited living to kingdom living, from barely getting by, to living supernaturally, from scraddling the gate, not, not, not realizing or not making a decision on what side we want to be on, to fully surrendering and submitting our life. That's, that's what I believe this series is doing for many of us, is that we are concretizing some things and making it concrete, you know, drawing a line, a line in the sand, so to speak, that, that we're going to stand with the Lord. We're going to stay on the Lord's side, and we're going to follow the Lord, and we're going to do it wholeheartedly. We're not going to play around. We're not going to straddle, amen, but we're going to make a decision, and we're going to stand on that decision, and we're going to do it. Is that okay? Yeah, so, so um, looking at a definition or definition for take and dominion. Take means to capture physically. It also means to seize, to capture physically, but it also means to seize. Take, take, you got to take certain things Amen. We know our God is not a taker. Amen. We have to take certain things or capture certain things that God has already promised us. We capture these things through faith. Dominion. Dominion, by definition, is the right to govern or to rule. To govern or to rule. It also means to have power, authority, jurisdiction, and control. So each of us, I mean, we're in the sixth week now. We're in the sixth week. Each of us should understand The power, the jurisdiction, the authority, the control that we have in the earth. I'm saying in the earth understanding that it's not outside of Jesus. We showed you last week in Scripture how all authority has been given to the Lord, amen, how he told the disciples that. And so he didn't just tell the disciples because he was trying to brag about the authority that he had, amen, or was just trying to boast about the authority that he had received. He was sharing it with them because he was letting them know that the same authority that I have, amen, that was given to me, I'm now giving it to you. Otherwise, I don't need to hear about authority that you have uh, if there's no benefit for me. Is that okay? Are you understanding that? Praise God. Okay. So let's go to Genesis. Amen. Genesis chapter 1. This this has been our foundational scripture. Genesis chapter 1. This has been our foundational scripture for this series. Amen. Praise God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says, Then God said, who said it? God. God said, Let us make man. In our image, according to our likeness, and then it says, let them, them is the man, right? Let them have what? Dominion. So from the beginning, it was God's will and God's purpose for us to have dominion. Before Adam sinned, before they got outside the will of God, from the beginning, it was always God's ordained purpose for us to rule and to reign in the earth, for us to have dominion, for us to have dominion. Then he says, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. What are we to have dominion over? The fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, not over each other, amen. He didn't mention people. He didn't mention each other, but he mentioned over things and over things that are around us, over our circumstance and our situations. We ought to have dominion over these things. Verse 27 says, so God created man, In his image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God, what did God do? He blessed them. He blessed them. So every generational curse is broken over your life. When you come into the kingdom of God, when you give your life to the Lord, amen, you don't have to be concerned about about uh, curses following you, amen, throughout your generations. Every generational curse, when you give your life to the Lord, when you call the name of Jesus, amen, it changes. It changes the trajectory in your life. It changes the direction or the structure that what once was. And so now that I'm in the kingdom, amen, then, then my children don't have to be, go through the, thing, the same things that I went through because I called on the name of Jesus, Glory to God. And he heard my cry. Look, and he delivered me. Yeah. Amen. Look, from all my fears. <laughs> yeah, he did it. Amen. So every generational curse is broken. You and your seed is blessed. And so we got to begin to speak and say what the Lord is saying about our circumstances, our situations, not what we see. And so then God said to them, after he blessed them, glory to God, could you bless? Say I'm blessed. Yeah, you better know it, amen, and you need to say it. I'm blessed, amen. So I'm blessed. After he blessed them, he said to them, now go and be fruitful. Produce fruit in your life. Multiply. Come on, multiply. Duplicate yourself. Duplicate my image, amen. Come on, keep perpetuating this thing and keep creating my image in the earth. Multiply. Then he says, fill the earth and subdue it. Take hold of this thing. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves. You and I have been given jurisdiction. We've been given power. We've been given authority. We've been given control, amen, over everything that will come up against us. We have been given authority. Now, people don't believe that, and they don't understand it because they haven't researched the Scripture enough to believe what the Bible says. But, you know, uh, my wife was talking uh, earlier about Regenesis. Regenesis is predominantly uh, a place where where people go that are struggling with drugs and alcohol. And, you know, that was my story 28 years ago, amen, prior to getting saved in jail. I was strung out. I was homeless. My life was a wreck, amen. I was nothing. I was nobody, amen. I am still ain't nobody for real, amen, outside of the Lord, praise God. And so in Christ, in Christ, though, when I came in Christ, when I began to read the Bible, I just believed it. See, one thing about me, I just believe the book. See, I don't struggle with what the Bible says. I believe every word from Genesis to Revelation, and I refuse. What did I say? Refuse. I say I refuse to listen to anything outside of that. I believe the book. I read the book, amen. I, I read the book several times a year. One time I read it four times a year, every 90 days. I read the book at least once a year, every year, every year, amen, to, to get in the word, not commentaries, the Bible, not somebody's opinion, the Bible. So I hear what the Bible says, and then I obey what the Scripture says. And the Bible tells you you can be an authority. The Bible says that you don't have to, you don't have to submit under things that, 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 is, that is harming you and hurting you. You can take authority over certain things in your life through the Word of God. Everybody don't believe that. That's why I'm teaching this. Amen. Because I was sitting out there and heard it. I'd be like, yes, sir, amen, pastor, yeah, Amen. That's why I'm teaching it. Thank you, young man, young lady. <laughs> so listen, okay, so we're going to go back into Numbers. I, t- I mentioned Numbers last week. I remember numbers. I mentioned Numbers last week, and I wanted to show you some things out of Numbers chapter 13 uh, because of just, we, we was talking about how people were, were going back. I think I was reading a scripture in Galatians chapter 4, I believe it's verse 9 or 10, and I was talking about how people were, how they how, how they desired, you know. Scripture talks about them having a desire, a desire to go back, and I, and I and, and I and it dropped in my spirit that you know what you know what. I wonder where they got that from. And Numbers chapter thirteen, dropped in my spirit, and I said last week I'm gonna go share share that with you. So we're gonna look at Numbers chapter thirteen, but but while, while we're getting there, this want to kind of set it up a little bit. The children of Israel, you know, they were they were they were mixed up at, at some point. They they didn't really believe that they had the dominion. That God said they had. I mean, with all the plagues, you know what I'm saying, with all the things that God delivered them from, the Red Sea and putting the blood on the doorposts, all the things that they have experienced, all the miracles that were done, they still struggled. They struggled with what they believed. It was their belief. You know, if we look at Hebrews, we we already know why they perished. Amen. The Bible says it was because of their belief. It was, with the, it was their unbelief. And so belief is so important. And that's why I'm trying to get you from unbelief and doubt into belief. Because when your belief is so important, and, and I can tell when you don't believe. You understand? Because when you respond, because everything we do is by faith in the kingdom. And, and, and guess what? I don't have to have what I'm believing God for. But I can believe it by faith that I have it. and then, But because I believe it, I'm saying something. You understand? Even to get saved, the Bible says you got to believe where in your heart. But that's not it. I also got to what confess, because what I so what I believe should be coming out of my mouth. So when I make certain statements and I hear a low crowd here or low there, it's telling me that there's a challenge with what you believe. Because if you believe that, you'll say you'll respond to what you believe. Maybe it's not in your heart yet; it could be in your head. But when it gets in your heart, you're going to always respond to what's in your heart. So my goal through these series, that's why we teach through series, been teaching series for 12 years, is to get the word of God deep down in, so it get in your heart. So that you can walk this thing out, so you can live it, so you can become it. The Bible says we are living epistles. So somebody can read you like a book when you walk down the street. Oh man, that's a man of God right there. Oh, look how they walk. Woo-wee. We know it's not how they walk, but I'm just saying, but it's but they can they can see by your talk and your actions. That's a man of God. That's a woman of God right there. It shouldn't be a struggle to see where believers are. There shouldn't be all these gray areas. <laughs> there, there's no gray areas in the word. So where are the gray areas coming from? Opinions. And man, that's why you have to settle it. See, it's been settled in my life because I know what God did for me and nobody can tell me nothing different. I have an experience with the Lord that nobody can take away. Moses sent out 12 spies to search the land of Canaan. 12 spies. After 40 days of going to search out the land that God said they could have, they returned back to Moses to earn and the congregation. Come on media. we're going to pick it up from there, verse 27. Verse 27 says, and I'm not going to read all this, I'm going to kind of skip over. And they told him, they told him and said, we came into the land whither thou sent us, and surely it flows or floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. So they went to the land, they brought the fruit back, they brought the proof back that what God said is actually true. Verse 28 says, Nevertheless, nevertheless, however, hold on now, ho ho, see, that, that's the part we don't like, right? <laughs> like, you know, everything was going good until you said, Nevertheless, nevertheless, however, or yet, like, but, no. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children. Of Anak, there. There are giants in the land. There are giants in this land that we looked at. Giants are there. Verse then verse thirty. Caleb. Caleb stilled the quiet. Stilled the crowd. Amen. In other words, he quieted them. Shh. I be quiet. He stilled or he silenced the crowd because he wanted to share something, some other insight. Praise God. And so he quieted them. He stealed them before, or he stealed the people before Moses and said, this is what Caleb said, let us go up at once to possess it. Caleb seen something different than the other spies. Twelve spies were sent out. Ten of them came back with that previous report. Two of them, Caleb and Joshua, had a different report. He said, let us go up at once and possess it. Let us take dominion, is what he said. Come on, let's take it. Let's do what God told us to do. Let's possess the land that God said we can have. Let's do it. Let's take possession. Let's take dominion. He says, for we are well able. Say, I'm well able. Listen, to overcome it. Whatever it is. It is what? Whatever it is, I am well overcome everything I need. I mean, we can go to 2 Peter and all that and read, you know, for 2 Peter 1 and 3, that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So we're able to overcome anything that comes our way in this life. Right. Anything. Verse 31, but the men... That went up with him. Say those that went up with him. So just imagine I got 10 guys on the stage right here, men and women. They were leaders. 10 on the stage on this side. I have two over here. The 10 told you what, what, what they seen when they went to the land, right? Yeah. And then we have two. One of them was Caleb who quieted everybody. You're the congregation. They were talking to Moses and the congregation. Moses was like the pastor. You understand? It's like I was just sitting there, and, we, and we're listening to the report from everybody. And the 10, they, you know, they're sharing their report like, yeah, we got the fruit. We got the proof. Everything God said is there. Nevertheless, they're giants. And da 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 And And Caleb begins to say, hold on. Because everybody, like, ooh, they're giants. They're giants. They're great walls. And so Caleb, he tried to step in, almost like, be quiet. Let me step in, listen, and speak faith. See, because in the natural, folk don't want you to speak faith. In the natural, oh, it don't take all that, Pastor. No, I'm talking about reality, Pastor. I'm talking about reality. So they're, they're, they, they think they're speaking reality, and Caleb is saying, and Caleb's speaking faith. Caleb's saying, no, Caleb is saying what God's saying, they're saying what they're seeing. Caleb's saying what God's saying, they're saying what they're feeling. But the men that went out with them, verse 31, the men that went out with them said, we be not able, they said we be not stronger than we. We be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Listen to what they're sharing with the congregation. Pastor Tina saying, we're going to raise $100,000 to build this building. We have leaders saying, no, no leaders here, but if they were, we had leaders here saying, we, we're not going to be able to do that. Two leaders is flowing and saying, yes, right, Pastor Tina, we got you. We're going to make it. We're going to build it. We're going to break ground. Ten leaders saying, I don't know if we're going to do that. That's a whole lot of money. You see the people that come here every Sunday? I mean, how are we gonna do that with these little bit people? How are we gonna do that with these? I mean, come on now. How are we gonna do that? Won't we just get something else? Won't we just do something different? Won't we get something already built? Why are we doing all that? They're sharing it with the congregation because they're leaders. They got influence. So you have ten leaders with influence, and you have two leaders with influence. But they—that's they, a lot of leaders on this side. Talking to the congregation. Saying stuff that Moses probably wanted to just stop them. Like, what, are, what the world? We would be not able to go up against the people, listen, for they are stronger than us. This is too large of a task, Moses. Come on, really? How do we we need to do all that? Verse 32, listen, and the scripture says, and they brought up an evil report. An evil report. What they did was they spoke contrary to the word of God. But the scripture calls it evil when you do that. When you speak against the word of God, the scripture call it evil. The man of God gets his instructions from the Lord. They spoke against the report. The scripture says that was evil. It's evil when we speak contrary to the word of God. It's evil when we just grab our own opinions out of thin air and begin to follow our own thoughts and intelligence and what he say and she say versus what the word is saying. Scripture says it's evil. No, I'm just playing it safe. No, you're playing it evil. According to the Bible, according to the Bible, it was an evil. The Bible said they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched out unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search, it is a land that eat up is." I mean great day, y'all just pointed on real thick now. It eats up its inhabitants. I mean, the land is just full of strong people and we're we're not able to overcome these people. This is what they're saying to the congregation after after Caleb already said, we're able, we can go possess it after God already said, it's yours. But they received this evil report. This evil report affected them. They brought up, verse 32 again, and they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched out. To the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search is a land that eat up the inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. The ERV version says, they're men who can easily defeat us. Here they are discouraging the people. It's a discouragement. Ten leaders, the majority, spoke doubt and fear, paralyzing the congregation with fear. We just talked about fear on this past Friday. We said, fear not. See, words produce fear. Words can produce fear. And that's why when, when, when people call you at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're cautious about whether to answer that phone or not because you don't know what those words are going to say, and your heart begin to drop because you are anticipating words that may not be good, and you're, and you're already poising yourself to become fearful already, and nobody said nothing yet. Ten leaders, they spoke doubt, they spoke fear. Fear will stop you from going into the promises of God. Fear will hinder you from going into the promises of God. It would distract you. It will slow you down because now they got a process with 10 leaders said verses with two said. They didn't go out to the land. Moses didn't go. They went. I can see Caleb and, and Joshua's probably, you know, Caleb and Joshua probably having Bible studies, you know what I'm saying? They open up the word of God, praying in the Holy Ghost, hope. You know, they won't feel you. Hey, but I kind of go You know what I'm saying? They had at the prayer meeting laying on the altar of the floor. They was flowing with the man of God. They was, they was listening to their pastor, their leader. Ten leaders over here, speaking fear, speaking doubt, speaking unbelief. They thought they were speaking against Moses. Let's keep reading. They thought it was just Moses. Verse 33. Verse 33. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. Listen to this, because they're just going deeper and deeper and deeper. It's telling a big story about these leaders here. And we were in what? Our own sight there was a way they seen themselves. So because of how they seen themselves and how they processed information, they were already fearful and doubtful. And Moses sent them on assignment that he wished he probably didn't send them. We can learn a lot from Moses and those that were around Moses. And how to strengthen leaders and strengthen the core so that we're speaking the same thing. If you're, if you're involved in ministry here, we have VIP means, vision, information, and prayer so that we can be speaking the same thing. So there'll be no divisions among us. That we'll be perfectly joined together in the same mind according to Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16. So there'll be no schisms and divisions and all type of stuff that can crop up because people don't know what to do. And it's the congregation that the leaders are reporting to. In our sight, in our sight, the way we see it, Moses, congregation, we're doomed. The way we see it, I would advise against going in this land. If I was the pastor... if I was the pastor, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go in that direction. I wouldn't have handled like that if I was the pastor. I was the leader, I would have did something different. I don't know why Moses did that. I don't know why we're going in this direction. I don't know why they're handling like this. If I was the leader, I would have did something different. I would have did something different. But they, but they, in their own sight, the scripture says, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. The way they saw themselves or seen themselves, because of how they saw them, their own selves, they thought that's how the people saw them. See, a lot of times we get confused in life because we're concerned about how other people see us. Not thinking about how we should stand, and stand firm, they were concerned about how these giants and these people viewed them. In their own sight, in their own mind, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. They were already defeated long before they got out there to search the land. They defeated themselves because deep down, they didn't really believe they could overcome. Deep down, they didn't really believe they could take dominion. Deep down, they didn't really believe that God could come through for them. It's deep down. They desired to go back to Egypt or to be back in Egypt. And Moses is trying to get them to see what God has shown them. Isn't that the story of our life 12 years in ministry trying to convince people to stay on the path that leads to the promised land instead of keep jumping off back and forth and all that slowing down the promises of God listen, in their own life keep continually going back and forth to Egypt back and forth to bondage, that's where Egypt is back and forth in bondage why are we contemplating bondage? Why is that even an option? (laughs) Why is it an option? Our assignment as pastors is to teach the congregation what God wants us to. We're obligated to say what God says, what the Bible says, whether it's popular or not, or even if it sounds impossible. Even if it sounds impossible. What's impossible was God saving a junkie like me, a drug dealer like me, a thief like me, a robber like me, one who, who, who had nothing in life, who pursued nothing but crime and criminal activity? Well, what was impossible, what's a miracle, amen, is me trusting God to take that life and that person and produce a new person and a new life. See, see, the problem is your, your sin has a cute dress on. Your sin is dressed up with a nice suit, fine threads, a pl- whole lot of money in your pocket. You're driving around nice. You're living nice. And so you don't see it the same way I saw it when I was smoking crack or, you understand, smoking jumbos or, or drinking or, or doing all those other things. See, you don't think what you're doing is bad at all. I ain't doing nothing really. I'm just man. This, I'm good. I'm still with the Lord. I just shared this with my daughter the other day. I saw a picture on Facebook. I said, "This just this is just somebody had a they had a blunt and in a in some in a, in some alcohol, you know, in a cup, and they were just they they were just talking about they were talking about the Lord though." And how we just Christian, you know this, and then as you go down, it start just cussing everybody out, just reading. This is what we're up against when everybody say they're Christians. We don't know, we can't tell, we don't even know who Christians are. But if you read your Bible, it'll tell you. God said, let the wheat and the tail grow together. He said, I, I, I'm a... I'm going to deal with them. He even told the master that was there, no, don't try, to, don't, try to, don't try to figure out, you know what I'm saying, I'll just use Ebony and Asia, for example. Don't be like, you know what, Asia all jacked up, you know what I'm saying, we're going to put her out of the church because Ebony is, you know, walking in and Asia's not. God said, no, leave them alone. Let them both grow together. See, at a time, because see, what God is believing and hoping is that because they're here sitting up under the word. That that tear who was, who was messed up, jacked up, that tear who, who wasn't sold out for the Lord but because of the word will make a decision one day to become wheat, yeah. glory to God, and that they will be spared from being thrown in the fire. He said, no, let them grow together. You don't got to try to pluck them, you know what I'm saying? That's why, I listen, everybody, come on in. When he said, Come as you are, he's meaning bring your jacked up life to church. Bring your messed up life to church. (laughs) Bring your sinful self to church so we can share the word of God to help you make a decision, amen, to begin to draw closer to the Lord, which will in turn begin to walk yourself right out of things that you used to love to do. Because when you replace your true love with Jesus, can nobody love you like Jesus. Nobody can love you like Jesus. Come on, Numbers chapter 14, let's keep going. Let's go to the next part. Numbers chapter 14, verse 1 says, In all the congregation, as a result of the majority, look what happened to the congregation. All the congregation lifted up their voice and they cried. And we'd have been out here all this time, God, and we're trying to go over here, and they believe in the majority. How many of us know the majority is not always right? I already told you, I don't care if they follow you, God. I can follow you to hell if I ain't careful. It's not about the follow. It's not the majority. It's the content. It's what's being said. It's the word of God. The word of God will separate the sheep from the goats every time. You had these people up crying all night, man. I'm glad I won't dare, but I know Caleb dealt with them. Caleb and Joshua probably jacked some of them up. You know what I'm saying? Like, come I mean, come on, y'all. y'all go tell them like that for? Me? You know how leaders, leaders can talk to each other. Like, why did y'all do that? Why you tell them that we, man? Come on, man, y'all. You see everybody, then you hear all the crying tonight. You got the people fearful. We don't know what we're going to do. You didn't discourage the people. People wept all night. They wept off of something God already gave them dominion over. you crying over stuff God has already fixed. Crying over stuff God already worked out. Still struggling and worrying over things that God is like, wow, if you get out of worry, you'll see that it's already done. If you get out of worry, you'll see that it's already been fixed. If you get out of worry... You'll see, I've already paved the way for you. I've already made a way. I've already made a river in your desert. I've already done it. Whew. Why are you moved by things that God is not moved by? I know. Somebody said, because He's God. <laughs> yes, He is God. And he's trying to, he's trying to put his image and his likeness on us. We're little G's in the earth. Not big G. People got a problem with that. Say little G. Oh, we're not gods. Okay, I already told y'all scripture that we that it says that. That's what I'm saying, don't fight the word. Don't fight the word through commentaries and and fancy TikTok videos. Don't line up with the word, it just don't. I don't care who it is, how popular they are, it's not the word. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, saints. Come on, verse 2. And all the congregation, now they went from crying to now murmuring against Moses. Because now they have to, what they're doing is they, 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 they move from one emotion to the next. From, 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 um, from being discouraged and disappointment to now pointing the finger. First they were just crying and weeping. Now they got to find somebody to blame. Because it ain't me. I'm not the reason I'm like this. It got to be somebody else. <laughs> Can't be me. So who are we going to blame this time? And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the, did it say the whole congregation? The whole congregation said to them, would God that we, he said, if only we, okay. Would God that we, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Boy, boy, boy. God, if you just left us in slavery, we'd be better than we are today. You just left us. You just left us. We were eating good, but they but we forgot about how they was whipping our butt. We forgot about how they were punishing us. We forgot about all the work we had to do. Amen. All we think about is the food we was eating. At least I got food stamps. I ain't coming against nobody got food stamps. Shoot, give me some. Not from you, because I know that's illegal. If I if I could get them legally, give them here. But I ain't buying none from nobody now. Don't sell them, don't sell your stamps. Okay. All right. I don't know who need to hear that. Maybe somebody online. Maybe somebody. <laughs> maybe somebody online. Yeah, 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 yeah. They say we wish we had died in the land of Egypt, in the land of bondage. You should have left us in bondage, Moses. Or would God we had died in the wilderness? Forget leaving us in Egypt. In the wilderness, you could let us die. Verse 3, and wherefore have the Lord brought us into this land, all of this because of ten men, with an evil report. You know how far discouragement can go in somebody? That's why we don't share everything with everybody, because you don't know what people can handle. You going around running your little mouth, talking about this and talking about that, Messing up baby Christians. Uh-huh. Dumping stuff on people that cannot handle it. And this whole congregation got jacked up because of something they couldn't handle because of 10 leaders. Who was, who was motivated by unbelief within themselves. Now they, now they complain against Moses, Aaron, and now God. Is not going to be good for them in a minute. And wherefore, verse 3, have the Lord brought us into this land, we in verse 3, to fall by the sword. God brought us here to kill us. And our wives and our children should be a prey. God brought us out here to destroy us. Imagine God rescuing you out of sin, out of bondage. Out of a life that was separate or that was contrary to him, putting you in a new life to destroy you. Why not just let the devil do it? Why not just leave you in sin? And the devil, he's going he to have a field day with you anyway. No, what we think God is doing is the enemy because now we're in the kingdom. And we have an adversary that's, that every chance he gets is trying to pluck us out of the kingdom now. And we gotta stand. Well, I thought it was just gonna be, you know, this roses and all this, this, you know, this, uh, you know, better roses and all that we will be coming. No, 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 no. Nobody said that. Well, you ain't hear here kingdom life. I told you, you got saved. You enter into spiritual warfare. When you name the name of the Lord, you go, you go from, from from a sinner to a saint. But you go from from being a sinner into a war. It's spiritual warfare. That's why Ephesians say, put your whole armor on. Gird up your loins and all that kind. Put on a breastplate of righteousness, the hammer of salvation, the buckle. You know, all these things, he's letting you know that you need protection. Because now that you name the name of the Lord, you have a great enemy that wants to take you out. He didn't really care too much about you when you was in sin because he already had you anyway. All you had to do is keep living the same way and you'll spend eternity with him after a while. Crocodile. I couldn't resist it. I couldn't resist it. I couldn't resist it. I ain't say that in a long time. Good day. Okay. Wow. It just came right on out to you. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, okay. Look, verse 3 again. And wherefore have the Lord brought us, brought us into the land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey. Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? See, did it sound like Galatians chapter 4 and verse 9 we talked about last week? It seems like I'm in the kingdom, Lord, and I'm still having a rough time. It seems like I'm saved now. I'm coming to church and I'm tithing and I'm I'm doing everything that that I'm trying, but I'm still having a rough time. What's up? These are honest questions. They're honest questions. But I share with you in Galatians chapter 4 and 9. Did I give you all that from last week? I didn't. Galatians chapter 4 and 9, I got it. I'll read it. Galatians chapter 4 and 9 says, how is it that you are turning back again to the weak and worthless elemental principles of religions and philosophies to which you want to be enslaved all over again? Because see, what happened is, see, see, they're saying, in other words, we would rather die in bondage. I would much rather die in bondage than use my faith to take dominion. Because to use my faith and to walk in his word, it takes work. Because I need to know the scriptures, and, and it's just so much easier when I didn't have to know the scriptures. I don't need to know no word. Man, I was doing my thing. I was, man, I was okay, I thought. I ain't need no word. I ain't need no church. You know, people telling me when I had to be at church and what time and these meetings and rehearsals, all this stuff that comes with this kingdom. I I was just living my life. They said we would rather die in bondage then use our faith to take dominion over things that are coming up against us. Let's take the easy way out. Selling for things and being comfortable for things that God has gave them dominion over. Come on, get out of your comfort zone, believer. Come on, get out of your comfort zone. Get out of comfort. Pull yourself out of comfort. Stop just being so relaxed. The Bible says, woe to them who are at ease in Zion. You all right? yeah, am I All this stuff happening in the world. and all of us as believers, all of the world should be on our face seeking the Lord, praying for our neighbors, praying for our loved ones, praying for our family members. I pray for the entire church every day, start with my wife, then my children, then my siblings, then my apostles. I go, and then my mom's, then my wife's dad, throw him in there. (laughs) Got to throw him in there, you understand? The Lord checked me on that, said, you talk about your mom's, but you don't say nothing about her dad. I said, okay, let's throw him in there too. Throw him in there too. Go down to my aunts and my uncles and my nieces and my nephews, my cousins. And then I go to the congregation, the church. Go through all the church and everything that's happening in the church life right now. No, you need to pray, man. This is not the time to be at ease. This ain't no time to be at ease. We got to be like Nehemiah. I got a tool in one hand and a sword in the other. I'm ready for anything. You know, I'm going to keep building because we got to build and get souls in the kingdom. But yeah, let some come. I got the sword. I got the, word of the, I got the sword, which is, which is the word of God. In my mouth, anytime I need to use this sword, fight you with my hands behind my back, with the word. <laughs> Y'all are powerful. I'm trying to tell you we're not weaklings in the kingdom. We're powerful. We're powerful. Stop settling for less. God is giving us some things in this life. He's calling you higher. Come on, verse 4. And then they said, we, we back at, uh. Where we was, verse 4, um, Numbers, chapter 14, verse 4, and they said one to another, let us make a captain. Look how far the people came from going, getting the proof, seeing the promises, everything God said is true, to them making a bad report, God calling the evil, to them talking about, now you know you got stuff coming out your mouth. Now you already offended, so now you just start talking about it, you know in marriage. You start talking about your mama and stuff. Your mama, your daddy, yeah. That way your money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So all this stuff coming out their mouth now, you know. And now they talking about let's make us a captain. Now, now we want another pastor. <laughs> now we're at the wrong church. Now we're at the wrong church. <laughs> But what we really are is offended. Because things' not working out the way we thought they were. So now it's time to look for a new captain. Let's anoint us another pastor, another leader to follow. This Moses fella is trying to kill us. Stuff that they're doing here, this stuff is crazy. It's impossible what they're doing. What, they're, what are they doing? Do they know? <laughs> Look, but they forget that the Bible says that God will give you pastors according to his heart. That's going to feed you. Jeremiah 3 and 15, they're going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. That's going to feed you. A pastor is going to feed you is going to feed you correctly. When I grew up, my mom made me eat the stuff I didn't like. I didn't pick and choose. No, I, no, no a good parent will, will, will challenge you to try things and to eat things that you've never seen before, heard before. You understand? No, you, no, eat this. What's that? I don't know what that is. No, try it. No, you're going to sit there until you eat it. God said you're going to sit in your circumstance until you eat this word. You're going to sit in this circumstance until you eat this Word and get this Word deep down on the inside of you where you're able to grow and you're able to develop and you're able to be what He's called you to be. You ain't going nowhere. The Word is a lamp unto my feet. The Word is a light unto my path. How am I going to get to to where I need to go without the Word? In my own way, but is it God's way? Is it God's way? Here they go in verse 4 again. Let us make a captain. No, let us make a captain. Listen, and let us return into Egypt. Let me find somebody that's saying what I want to hear. Let me find somebody that can tickle my interests. Because see, nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, in my previous life interests me enough that I have a desire to go back to it. Did I say nothing? No, I didn't say nothing. I said absolutely nothing. Nothing in my previous life that I used to practice as it relates to sin interests on in you. What's in you that drawing, keeps drawing you back? into lust and what we'll keep drawing you back into it's in you God so I'm not tempting you but every man is drawn away by what's in him you letting stuff inside of you draw you out of purpose pull you out of the, out of the promises of God it's in you well, I'm moving to Atlanta well what's in you going to well, I'm going to New York. But well, what's in you going there too. Wherever you go, if it's in you, it's going there too. And it's going to draw you the same way in a different state. Until you get it out of you. Jesus said when the devil came, he didn't find none in me. Drive it out of you. Whatever it is, get it out. The word will drive it out, but if you're sitting there, Spitting up on the Word. You don't see it, but I got a knife and fork in the Spirit, and I'm feeding you bit by bit. Open your mouth. Come on, come on, take it. Chew it up. We ain't trying to choke you. I need you to chew it up and get all the nutrients out of it, though. Swallow this bad boy so it can go down deep so you can experience this Word. Too many... Believers experiencing church, but not Jesus. Too many believers experiencing church, the building, programs, but not Jesus. We don't got to prime the pump if you already love them. We don't got to keep priming if you already serving them. If you already sold out, we ain't got to keep priming and pumping you. And come on now. Stand up, sit down, raise your hand, respond. You a believer, you should already respond. You should already be excited. You should already know. When I come to the house of the Lord, I'm coming in with a song. I'm coming in singing. I'm coming in worshiping. Why are you so bored in church? What is going on with you? Do you know Him It's written all over your face. Do you know him? Do you know him in your sufferings? Do you know him in the fellowship of his sufferings? Do you know him? Proverbs 26 says, as a dog returned to his vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. We got to take Dominion Saints. I'm tired of repeating the same thing year in and year out. I'm tired of taking this same old person, same old thinking into brand new years. Happy new year with a happy old life. No we need a new life in a new year. We need a new life right now. I don't got to wait till the new year. Can I keep going? I, I'm almost done. <laughs> you better talk to your neighbors. <laughs> Look, real quick, Numbers 14, verse 11 are the same. I, I skip it down, but go back and read Numbers 13 and 14. Look at number 11, y'all. Look at number 11. Number, number 11. Numbers 14, verse 11, right? Whew. This is after they already said it would be better for them to be in, in uh, Egypt. Now look, then the Lord said to Moses, because God gets to a point. How long will these people reject me? How long will they not believe me? Listen, with all the signs which I have performed among them. All the things God has brought you out. All the things God has, God if you do it again. Lord if, you go, Lord, if you get Lord, if you give me out of this one, Lord, 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 if you pay at this time, God, know what, God, I'm i I'm a tithe, Lord. I'm gonna honor you. Listen, Lord, if you bless me with this, you give me this job, you give me this promotion, give me this business, give me this idea, give me this thing. Lord, if you do, I do. How long will they not believe me? In other words, how long will they not trust me with all that I'm doing in their life, with all the signs I have performed among them? Verse 22, go to verse 22, because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times. Listen, and have not heeded my voice. Verse 23, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers. So, God, everything you're doing, we're talking about take dominion. We took you at the beginning. We went went in the beginning from from chapter, I mean, our series, part one, how this was ordained for us, how God is doing these things for us because of something that he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Started with Abraham. The blessings that we can walk in today is because of our uncle, Abraham. We got a rich uncle named Abraham who God blessed, and we're blessed because of Abraham because we've been adopted in to this family. He said I swore some things to their fathers. But those that listen to the 10 spies and then follow the two in Moses. Listen, only Caleb and Joshua and all the children who were born. God says he's going to let them stay in that wilderness 40 years and additional to so that all that generation will perish. A year for every day that that when they went out to go spot, they was gone 40 days. God said, no, but I'm going I'm to leave y'all in this wilderness 40 years until all of y'all die. And guess what? I'm going I'm to speak the promise over your seed now. So the thing that you're you're rejecting and pushing away, God said, maybe I have an opportunity with your children, but you're not going to get it. Stuff you believe in God for, if you don't get in line with God, you won't see it, you won't receive it. You understand? God said, maybe I'll look to their children. Maybe I'll look to their, their grandchildren. I'll find somebody to do my will, amen, somebody who will not reject me. I swore to their fathers. They certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. I believe it grieves the heart of God, saints, when we pull back from what he's already positioned and ordained for us. It's like a child jerking away from their parent. You know that ain't good, isn't it? You know that ain't going to end well. <laughs> You'd be like, come on, right here. they be like, no.
0: Ooh. wee. Ooh,
1: wee. And we start going, talking through our teeth. Well, you don't get your little, service. you don't get yourself
0: over here. <laughs>
1: I believe it grieves the heart of God. We pull away, we pull back from things that he has positioned us and ordained for us in this life. I'm talking about those that are called on Jesus. I'm not talking about people that are not saved. I'm talking about those that name the name of the Lord and say they're Christians. If you're a Christian, that means God has a plan for you. He is your Lord and your Savior. He don't just want to save you when you die. He wants to be your Lord too. And if he's your Lord, that means he can tell you what to do your bad self. Somebody need to tell you what to do. But you have to submit. Like I said earlier, I talk about, you know what I'm saying, straddling the gate to total surrender and submission. That's one of the goals of this series, to get you to that place where you're not scraddling and doing my own thing, and I'm my own man, and I'm my own woman. Yeah, but God made you. And he has a purpose for you. And he loves you. And he don't like seeing you struggle. He don't like seeing your pain. He don't like seeing you tripping over the same things time and time again. He wants you to trust him. Come on, say this with me again. Say, I will, I will take, dominion. take dominion. I will, I will take dominion. I'm almost done, saints. I'm almost done. Give me, give me about five more minutes. You know, believers, they don't understand sometimes that dominion is not limited. Your dominion is not limited to the area that you live in, that you live in like right now. God can move. He can move in the east end when we trust him, when we believe him. He can move in the west end like he's moving in the north side, like he's moving in the south side. You can take dominion over here just like you take dominion over there. But don't allow your predicament to speak louder than God. Jesus said this in Matthew uh, 6 and 10. As I get ready to close. He says, your kingdom come. Who will? Your will be done. Whose will is that? On where? In where? On earth? Is sickness in heaven? Is disease in heaven? Is poverty in heaven? No, I'm a logical person sometimes. I put on my logical, my thinking cap, and I ask questions to the Bible. My question is this. When God says, let your your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven, what is in heaven that you're trying to get us to believe to get to earth? What is it? Because only we can only take souls with us to heaven when we die. Can't take money, take, can't take clothes, cars, none of that. What is it in heaven that he is encouraging us to bring to earth? It's dominion. It's power. It's jurisdiction. It's authority. He wants us to walk in the kingdom, while we're in this earth, why? Because we're not from here. Act like a citizen of heaven. You know how you tell your kids? Act like you're part of the family when you're out. You understand? You know your daddy, you know your, you know, you know your parents are. You know who your father is. Act like it. Don't walk around like, like, you don't, like your father don't own Everything. You ain't got to be around here begging for nothing. You talk to your father, who said he'll meet every need. According to what? His riches. Where is his riches at? He got a bank down here somewhere we don't know about? So his riches must be where? In an unseen arena. Right. So how do we get his riches? We got to get his get what he have in heaven to earth. How do we bring the kingdom to earth through our mouth, through our belief, through our trust in the word of God? His kingdom. What's the purpose, though? I could have read Deuteronomy 8 and 18. I'm going to read that next week. Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 18. Get a jump on it. Read it ahead of time. I'm going to show you what the wealth is for. The purpose of the wealth. is not just for us to have bigger this and bigger that. That's when people get mixed up. For prosperity, preachers and all that. Listen, we couldn't be in this building if somebody ain't not pay these people. Man, we need to get away from people to just speak foolishness out of their mouth. Everybody else can do everything else, but the kingdom's supposed to suffer. I'm talking about souls. Souls is attached to the work that we do for the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about folk that just do crazy, stupid stuff because they're everywhere in every industry. Don't throw everybody in the same bucket. Amen? Amen. Did I share Matthew 6 and 10 with y'all already? Okay, good. I'm going to stop right there. I get the Lord a hand clap of praise. Let's just stop right there.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. If this message encourages you, imagine what it could do for someone else. Here at KL, we believe in reaching the one. And you can partner with us in that endeavor by sharing this podcast with someone else. If the Holy Spirit has convicted you or inspired you to join or reach out to us through today's message, please email us at KingdomLifeChurchVA at gmail.com. If you would like to give towards this ministry or find out more information, check out our website, which is KingdomLifeVA.com and follow us on Facebook at Kingdom Life Chesterfield VA and Instagram at Kingdom Life VA. Don't forget to subscribe so you can hear more messages just like this. There's no life by Kingdom Life.